Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens. A production of WQPT. PBS for the Quad Cities region. A podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues, and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens, and this is The Cities. Businesswoman Stephanie Acri won election to the Moline Mayor's Office four years ago. Sangeeta Rayapati won election to the Moline Coal Valley School Board and has served as its president for the past two years. We talk with both candidates in two separate interviews that you can hear on two different podcasts. In this podcast, we talk with incumbent Mayor Stephanie Agri. Let's start with your priorities. What do you really hope to accomplish, especially in this first year coming out of a pandemic? You know, there's two things that I think are really important to the community over this next year. And one is making sure that we have all of our ducks in order for the redevelopment of the I-74 Uh, footprint. So as the old bridge comes down, there'll be about 12 acres vacated with about 13 acres around that that we view as underdeveloped. And so we need to come up with a plan as a community of what we want to see there. So that's that's one of the highest priorities for this next year. Another important priority is providing high-speed, high-quality internet to every household in Moline. We are looking to bring competition to our community so that those services are robust and um, are a great thing for every, every community member. It's interesting you bring up the high-speed uh, internet connection because I'm sure a lot of that has to come because of the pandemic. And we've seen the great need for that, particularly in the school system, but at the city as well. What else have we learned from this pandemic that's going to make uh, Moline stronger? You know, the well, with with the um, digital equity, that's been a priority for us through the pandemic. So the city of Moline received some COVID-19 funding and we invested in supporting our um, Moline Co Valley High School, or sorry, school district students that didn't have internet service and providing them internet service. So the city of Moline supports those households that don't have internet service for them to do their remote learning. So that was one important digital equity project. The other one was through our partners at Project Now. So we provided not only internet service, but also devices to the Head Start families. And we also provided internet services and devices to some of our seniors that are low income and did not otherwise have those services. We felt like that was a really important group as they were looking for ways to safely pay their bills and stay connected to the community and receive telehealth. So so all those investments are happening. Um, we view it as important. You know, the Internet has become one of our most important utilities and we're treating it that way in Moline. So I know that downtown development is really important. We want to talk about more about that, especially the I-74 footprint. But let's talk about Western Illinois University. You, you came out with a very sharp letter towards Western, pretty much criticizing Western for not being more committed 
to the Quad Cities. Do you regret sending that letter yet? Has anything changed since that occurred? Well, I think that it's it's really brought the conversation to the community. You know, that Western campus is a community asset. It's It was paid for by the taxpayers, and I feel like the taxpayers and the residents of Moline should be involved in that conversation. Is the, is the university achieving our goal of River Tech Corridor? That was the plan originally. That's why everybody came to the table. Are we where we want to be? And if not, what do we need to do to get there? I'm, I'm elevating that conversation because I think it's an important conversation. If anybody has spent any time in a prosperous university town, you understand how much how much that impacts everything that happens in that community from property values to commerce. And I'm looking for that for our community as well. The timing was interesting too, because of course it's coming as Western gets a brand new president. Was that particularly in the back of your mind as well? Was the timing of this letter? Well, really the timing was most impacted by our, our effort to come up with a plan for the redevelopment of the I-74 footprint. So we have a group called the Urban Land Institute. They're coming to our community in April and providing a technical assistance panel to their experts from across the country. They're coming in to talk to us about what our vision is and what our priorities should be for that redevelopment. That redevelopment looks a lot differently with a prosperous university. Um, and so that's a conversation we need to have now. That urban land development's first blush of downtown Moline was pretty much saying way too much concrete, too much uh, uh, parking and empty storefronts. That's not necessarily a lot that the city can do. I mean, you, I guess you have to pave the way in order to get people to get interested in downtown. Well, I, I think that they make a good point. Although everybody is anxious when they can't find a parking space, we have a lot of property that is committed to parking and so we we just need to talk about you know what what is what is what are the key areas that we need to control development on in order to have other organic development happen around it so they're going to come to us and they're going to help us to find the right mix of of um, residential um, commercial business space um, retail space restaurant space what what's what's the right mix for our downtown area to be the best it can be. The biggest criticism of your administration, as you well know, is the loss of so many city employees and a lot of years of experience that have walked out the door. How do you defend yourself? I mean, is, is, it, is, it, a, is it a problem between personalities or, or is it that people are just moving on? Well, I think any organization that any of us have been involved in, there's there's a certain amount of turnover. And I'm I'm very excited about the turnover we've had because the people that have come to our organization are amazing. You know, we we have a new police chief who's done extraordinary things through um, the challenges of the last year. Uh, he he developed a, a social um, worker internship at the police department. He opened up space in the police department for some of our social service partners. Um, he developed the idea of having a community trailer go out into neighborhoods. You know, that all comes from new, fresh leadership. We have a great leader with our fire chief, Snyder. Uh, he has taken that department to a new level. They're talking about innovation to help with inspections so that 
everything is done as efficiently and safely as possible. We've got a great new finance director, Carol Barnes. She has brought transparency to the council regarding the city's finances. And we've also added a wonderful um, different features on our website so that the community members know where every one of their tax dollars is going and can be assured that it's going to a, a service that is meant to make their lives better. But as so you know, in, all these in, in the huh? midst of, as you said, in the midst of economic development and, and the critical linchpin of downtown, though, you have seen major people involved in the planning process for urban development Moline leave. Well, we've, we brought in an interim city administrator that had an expertise in economic development. And one of the reasons that we did that is because we had identified one particular uh, development agreement that was not not being managed in the way that was in the best interest of the taxpayers. So the city council was was given a recommendation to close out a development agreement for $10. And after some folks left, we came to the awareness that that really would have cost the city nearly $2 million in forgiven um, interest payments, fees, and uh, alternative rent, as well as sacrificing the already agreed upon value of the land. So it was um, a little bit of a wake up call and it caused us to pause and want to look at all of our development agreements and all of our tax increment financing areas to make sure that we all understood what was happening there. And so that reset is is complete now. We expect it to take about a year and a year has passed and we want to bring in our new city administrator before we fill the key position of our community and economic development director position. And we are interviewing the, the five finalists of a pool of 42 individuals um, next week. So, so things are going good. City manager, of course, is going to be a critical part of that entire uh, discussion that is going to be coming forward. We know that the pandemic really hit communities hard, especially retail. And with Moline, such a large amount of its revenue is from the retail sector. What, what do you see as the finances for Moline for the coming year? Well, we are in very good financial shape. We were very careful when we went through the pandemic. We had a reduction in revenue and we met that with a reduction in expenditures like uh, all the households across the nation did. We, we wanted to be sure that we were in a good place. We knew what was coming with the redevelopment of the I-74 bridge and we wanted to be a good place for that. So we have been able to hold down our uh, property tax rates, which is good for investment in our community, as well as good for the pocketbooks of our taxpayers. So we're looking at all of that and we feel like we're in a really good position right now. And I believe that that's one of the reasons our good financial state is one of the reasons that we're so attractive to so many city administrator candidates, why we had such a great pool to choose finalists from. Older cities like Moline, particularly Rock Island as well, seem to have also a housing issue, uh, finding enough affordable housing as well as high-end housing within the city limits. I know there's always been discussion about uh, perhaps further expansion of Moline to, to the southern part of the city. Of course, you can't go to the north, so the southern part is pretty much all you have left. Where do you see the status of that right now as far as uh, residential expansion in Moline? Well, we're very careful about our neighborhoods. We want to make sure that our neighborhoods are in good shape. So we're we're doing different things to support that. We've got, um, you know, our, our our 
careful development of a competitive internet service for all of our neighborhoods. We had one a proposal that would have carved out uh, a section of our low to mod income neighborhoods, and that would have been an impact on all of our property values. So, you know, that wasn't good enough for the city of Moline, and we wanna make sure that we have good service throughout the city to every household. Um, as far as um, the expansion south of the airport, we have done some really good, important work there. We have sewer and water services out there. We procured a water tower out in that area. So now we're just looking for the right real estate developer to partner with. Incumbent Mayor Stephanie Acri, and you can check out her challenger, Sangeeta Rayapati, on another podcast. Early voting is going on right now throughout Rock Island County for all the major offices with contested races in the April 6th general election. So make sure you get out and vote because as we've seen over and over again, your vote really does count, particularly on the local level. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network.